Hey you, are you happy? After hearing that question, what was your initial response internally? Was it easily answered? Was it what you expected? Was it in alignment with your intentions or authentic self? We recently had a listener share an experience with us regarding being asked that question and actually feeling complex that they did not have an answer or know why they couldn't answer it with a yes. So in this episode, we discuss happiness, contentment, and gratitude, and how they can all play a role in how we would answer this question. If you have gained a new perspective from this podcast and hold a preference that the world be a better place, then you can help that take one more step towards reality by sharing an episode of our wisdom around practical tools and techniques for a self-development journey with a like-minded individual or even many. But now, you can relax and unwind and let's journey. With Aaron and Alexander. Uncovering our authentic self through self awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. We have a great one for you today. I'm really excited about this one. How are you, Alexander? I'm doing good. Yeah, this is going to be a good subject. It's going to be a little meaty, so let's see how it goes and how deep we actually get into this. We had uh, a listener reach out to us and ask a question about contentment, but they also shared an experience that they had where somebody asked, you know, are you happy in your life? And they were kind of perplexed by that question. And I can definitely relate to that. And they are a, a three, five in the human design as their profile numbers, the same as me. And so we can maybe touch upon whether it could have something to do with that sort of energy, because I can definitely relate to this. Whenever somebody asks me, are you happy? My initial reaction is always like, no, because internally I don't feel, and maybe it's a definition thing. Because we've been led that happiness is this like outward expression of almost like it's dependent on an, an event that's happening or hope or an attachment of some sort that is external of you. Mm-hmm. And so for whatever, whatever reason, I don't feel drawn to say, yeah, I'm, I'm always kind of very solemn. And it, it goes with the question when somebody's walking by you or you meet somebody and they say, oh, hey, how are you? And we've talked about this, especially on the creativity episode, learning to express yourself. And even if you're not feeling the best on that day, to say it in a very creative way. So you're practicing creativity by also getting your, you know, your, your true feeling across. I rarely ever feel like that I want to share like this crazy excitement with somebody when they ask me, Hey, how are you? But lately actually that's changed because I've utilized that question to do a check-in, like a gratitude check-in when somebody asks, Hey, how are you? My normal response is, uh, but then I'm like, wait a minute, what's something 
that I'm grateful for. I immediately bring that in and then I can like I'm tapping into that energy. So I'm becoming aware of something that I'm, you know, content or feeling non low about. And then I can say like, hey, man, I'm feeling great today. I'm feeling awesome because then I can believe in it because I've tapped into that that gratitude for something. Mm -hmm. So I've been working with that lately. But I know that's kind of a side issue when we get into contentment. Yeah, because here. We're talking about a few different things, and there's a little bit of semantics in it. Happy, joyful, positive, content. And, you know, we're not going to get into giving a new definition or a general definition of all of those things, but more this episode is going to be about just uh, perception and how perception still may be the only thing that we have choice in. And, because we're being influenced through all the senses in our environment constantly. And what you just talked about was a shift in perception, that when somebody asks you, are you happy, you're basically, from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, saying, well, I haven't even been thinking about it, and now you're bringing it to my attention. And so that can seem bum humbug kind of vibe, but then as soon as you tap into being grateful that brings a sense of contentment in, and then that can even be expressed as joy or happiness. But we also want to realize that the more you seek joy and happiness, you have to deal with the polarities of those emotions. And I want to separate the term contentment here similar to the word love, that there is a love emotion, but the unconditional love is a feeling. And love may be the only feeling, and every other experience is emotion. And this contentment is very similar to that unconditional love. And I want to kind of give a visual of those two walking hand in hand. So when you're talking about contentment, you're really talking about being in unconditional love because there's nothing you're pursuing. There's nothing that you need in that moment. And the just philosophy is around the the premise of the more that you live in that vibration, then the more that you bring that into your world. And there's a question. Are you really bringing it into your world or are you accepting the world that is being laid out in front of you? So again, we don't want to get too far into semantics, but I think this is going to be a great episode and you've had so many recent experiences to draw on. And I think that listener, that other 3-5 is going to get a lot from this episode. Yeah, I'm really excited to share what you were referencing is an experience that I've had over the last month, I would say, about really understanding some of the concepts that I've been hearing you say the last five or six years and is finally taking me to this point to get into, but I want to get into a few more things before we unwrap that part of it. When somebody asks me, hey, how are you? It's not that I'm not happy in my life. It's not that I'm not content. Like you said, part of it is maybe like being caught off guard, but I tap into myself. And if I'm saying something that is outside of what's actually going on, then I have this doubt that's brought in me and it's not authentic in that moment because I haven't had the time to process it to see if it's authentic. And so mm -hmm. I think part of that is the the gratitude switch 
where I can instantly come up with something that I can resonate and then I can feel confident and express it in this high vibration where somebody knows that I'm not, you know, BSing them. They know that I'm feeling that in that moment. Yes. And with that term happiness, again, it's been proven many times like now depression is very hot topic in our culture and in many cultures. And I don't feel that enough people have really made the connection to a high percentage of the time, the more someone seems happy externally, the more they're dealing with depression behind the scenes. And a lot of comedians go through this. And this seems to be the understanding with Robin Williams that passed a few years ago that, you know, he put on this air his job was to be this happy-go-lucky, funny guy. And he did that like so much that hardly anybody understood the level of depression that he was dealing with. So that's kind of what I want to shine the flashlight on to realize that, that it may be useful for us to change even our verbiage and the way that we approach people because there's a pressure to carry this, this happiness and that if you don't show this, then people are going to start asking you what's wrong and you have to deal with that. And we want to show a way to where you can carry a consistent vibration of contentment and probably no one will ever ask you that question. And if they do, to be able to live the example to show that level of true contentment and peacefulness. And that's what I looked for when I was seeking people of knowledge and I found, you know, thousands of intellectual people that knew a lot of intellectual information, but they didn't carry this vibration of peace or uh, contentment. But when I did find the handful of these people that carried that level of contentment, it's not about sitting around and listening to necessarily what they have to say or to teach It's being in that energy. And so that's what has, you know, driven me to work towards living in that level of contentment. And it can build a trust environment as well for the people that you frequent a lot, that they don't have to be concerned about where your energy is going to be when they come into your field. Happiness is really interesting because it, it seems like nobody can obtain it for too long. Mm-hmm because of the laws of polarity. polarity. However high you experience, there's going to be a low that that you're going to experience. It's almost like the universe is, that's its way of teaching us to get to that that middle neutral point. Mm -hmm. But we have control over how high we go based on our perceptions, right? Yeah, or just based on how, to what degree we need to show that externally. And to understand that the more you show it externally, it burns it off really fast. The more you hold it in, the longer that you can potentially keep it going. And so the other side of that is contentment doesn't normally make someone else that isn't in that state feel bad. And many times when a happy person gets around a sad person, it can actually make that sad person even go deeper into a downward spiral because now they're comparing themselves to that person. So remembering that one of the laws of physics or or frequencies is in order to change a frequency, you need to meet it where it's at and then gradually change it from that uh, point on. And that's the problem with just overly positivity and people trying to just tell you 
to get over whatever you're going through and just be positive. And many people go through a stage where they try that out, but it's not something that normally sustains people for long periods of time. So we're all just walking around thinking that happiness is what we're supposed to be achieving in this life, and yet nobody can really obtain it for too long. It's very elusive, but yet we just keep trying and trying, and there's no, like, correction in the world. And it also seems like, you know, people who are unhappy are attracted to those who are displaying happiness to the equal amount on the opposing side and because of the the polarities. And it just... it seems so interesting to observe all that, but contentment is where it's at because you can be in that. You can obtain that, or it's just a state. Yeah, you can attain it exactly where you are with whatever you're dealing with. And the first step of that is just realizing that whatever you feel like you're dealing with is very, very real. But more than likely, there's someone somewhere in the world dealing with something a whole lot worse and just learning to even be content and grateful for your lessons and the struggles that you have is a big step in that because this idea of perfection and no one having to deal with any consequences of past actions or deal with obstacles like I happen to be dealing with a plumbing issue that just come up and that's not something that anyone wants to deal with but it's here so I still want to be able to find my contentment even while dealing with an obstacle such as that. So that is the kind of the point of the just philosophy is that you're not escaping anything. You're not getting away from anything. You're not better than anybody. The whole point is teaching people how to process and move through these real life situations and hold a a high and steady vibration. Yeah, and being in that energy of contentment doesn't mean that you're not going to have things not happen to you like you're saying but challenges but you're choosing to stay in that you're choosing to make it a priority because in a way if we allow external events to take away our contentment then we're almost being held hostage by external events and but it really is our choice and then it also brings in and i've been guilty of this i'm sure many many other people have is the i'll be happy when where it's Mm -hmm. just this constant seeking of something that once you get it you no longer want it, or it doesn't give you that same energy once you get it. And yeah, it's not what it doesn't wind up being what you thought it was going to be. And I can relate to this bringing in vinyl. Sometimes I'll feel like this like, oh man, it wouldn't be awesome if I had this album on vinyl and I could hear it in, in that format. And we've done an interesting thing where you had your CD collection, you brought that out because you thought, well, let me just check in and listen to it to make sure if I even need it in vinyl because mm-hmm. you already have it. Right. And I've done that on like Spotify. I'll listen to an album, be like, do I really need this on vinyl? Is it really worth my time and energy and all that to get it? And just listening to it removes that push and pull energy mm-hmm. where it's pulling me in and it relieves that because I, I bring it into my awareness. I experience it almost like it is like I bought the vinyl, but then I, I'm able to determine, yeah, I think I really enjoy that. I'm going to take the next step or... No, I think I'm good. I think I'm good for the next few months. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this kind of feels like it's like a manifesting generators type where they put their foot in, their toe in before they continue on. And I've been looking at myself and some of my processes and thinking that I do this a lot where I'll stick my toe in a little bit to see how the experience starts to feel before I go 
all the way in. Yeah, and I think that is a good general practice for most anyone, but especially the manifesting generators in the human design, because they are known as the yes people. They agree to almost anything that's brought to them, especially if the other person is bringing it to them with that type of joy or happiness. Then, see, they subconsciously want to experience that, so they just say yes, but then... As time goes on and the week goes on, they start thinking, oh, that's going to be very difficult to fit into my schedule and logistics come in. And then that normally brings stress and anxiety and things like that to deal with and disappointing people. And so that's the point of most manifesting generators learning to stick your toe in so you don't have to go through all those emotions of disappointing somebody or guilt or anything like that. But it is a good practice for anyone to work with. And I also want to bring in that the word acceptance is a very big deal in this philosophy, and this is connecting to contentment. That, again, acceptance does not mean that you condone of the person or the situation, or it doesn't mean that you agree with it. Acceptance just means that you're not going to give it any more friction. And see, choosing contentment over friction you're using acceptance as the tool to do that. And that doesn't mean that you don't affect change just because you accept things. As a matter of fact, I happen to feel to be a successful proponent of change, acceptance is the very first step. And you accept the challenge and what's ahead of you, and then you're less likely to be emotionally reactive when the challenges come your way. I did want to now bring in my experience that has really taken me to a different level of seeing this philosophy and even just living on a day-to-day basis. And so throughout the past five or six years, some things that I've been hearing you say is processing your emotions so that you can stay as close to feeling that groundedness. I'm just tapping back into my first experience meeting you was at a sound journey and I remember just having like a blanket of warm energy around me after it. And even at the end, you say, if you like the feeling that you're in, I challenge you to hold on to it and don't just give it away, mm-hmm. that energy. I don't know if you want to come in and talk about that first. Yeah, that when we do get to a certain state, some people get that through meditation or that was a sound journey, sound meditation that you experienced. And then, yes, that challenge at the end of those is to see how long the people can hold on to that vibration, that feeling, that contentment, basically. And it could also be unconditional love. And to realize that no one can take it away from you. You choose a different vibration. You choose to have an emotional reaction at something that somebody says or something that someone does. And we really want to get across that everyone has to realize that they do have that choice and that just because a challenge or an obstacle comes your way, you can accept it and not go into friction, although not being joyful about dealing with it, but just accepting that this is just part of my day and I'm going to redirect some energy and I'm not going to let it take away this vibration. And so now, yeah, continue with your story. And so when I heard that, like I get it in the mental plane, But I think I just didn't have enough experience to understand what that actually meant or what the actual payoff was of not giving that energy away. Like on the mental plane, I get it. Like you want to stay there. You love that feeling. But like how to do it and then 
why to do it. Like, what is the drive there? And then I, I feel like I would just allow my life to unfold and the stress of the week would just build back up on my shoulders. And I guess I didn't really have an ongoing active practice to help or assist or, or tap in and reconnect to unload some of that stress so that it's daily maintenance to stay as close to that feeling as possible. As I go and talk about my experience over the last five years, I think listeners can tap in with themselves to see where they are because I think it's just an evolution of as we uh, enter into this philosophy and we're working on ourselves because I feel like I've had moments where I could have these, what I would call being in the now and tapping into that unconditional love or even contentment where I would even bring in gratitude here because Mm -hmm. tears would come in just being, you know, finding something to be in gratitude for. And usually it's because I'll have like a realization of something. I'm like, whoa, I have so much gratitude for something that just happened to me or a realization of how important a person is to me in my life. And then that's when I would be grounded and and have those experiences. But they, they were few and far between. And I guess I didn't know how to keep that feeling or even how important it is in your whole self-development journey, I think, Mm -hmm. and that we're even trying to stay there. Like that is the point. I think people eventually get to it. And when you have a bunch of these experiences, your priority in life, I think changes where you finally realize that, no, I need, I want contentment. And these feelings supersede any sort of emotional yearning, hope, whatever it is, external yearning for something that is a short-term lived joy. Yes, and for some people, such as myself and my experience, it's a health challenge or a healing crisis or a trauma that can trigger uh, this as well. And that was the case with me, and I know we're still getting ready to hear your story, but when I went through Sherry dying 15 years ago, and five years of excruciating chest pain. See, I had to choose to not go into frustration anymore over anything. And I had to remind myself every day that my contentment to be pain-free was more important than proving someone wrong or even helping somebody that I felt like needed to help or you know, correcting somebody in a verbal exchange So we all get there in different ways. And if you haven't quite gotten there yet, that's okay. Just continue to seek the ways that you do have those experiences. And they do accumulate, so to say, until you get to a point to where, like for me, it was if I wanted to be pain-free, then I had to live in the state. And with you, how would you explain it? You know, I'm trying to remember how it all really started. I know it was post being sick and, and having that realization of that check-in of like, man, I really need to start taking my health a little more serious. I really need to start being more active and exercising and sweating for my blood type. And so it was after that. And then just doing my self-development practice and even 
working on fulfilling myself, you know, where can I become more of a whole so that I am not looking for attachments outside of me? I really feel like I think that's how it kind of started forming for me. Mm -hmm. Then it was just one day I tapped into that gratitude energy and the tears started flowing. You feel like your whole body just like warm up. And, And this is something... I've mentioned before, but it's a feeling that I've been searching for my entire life because as a child, I had this dream that I was standing on these railroad tracks and there was an entity in front of me. I feel like I was like on the other side or something. And there was no communication other than just unconditional love. It's one of those dreams you wake up from and you're like, oh man, I need to go back. And you try to like close your eyes and go back. But that sent me on a journey to try to find how to recreate this feeling in this, in my life. And The only thing that I could find that was close enough to get me to this feeling was music. Mm -hmm. But it was always short-lived, and it was always kind of like derived from like a hope feeling, like, oh, yeah, life will be better when. So it was like a pseudo feeling that simulated it Mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah, I have to say that this contentment is really this unconditional love, this feeling of overall gratitude is that same feeling that I've been searching for. So... It took me a while to understand that. And I don't know if it's actually the same thing, but I can also tap into being in the moment and observing all five senses as they come. And you're out of your mind, you're totally grounded, and you're just experiencing. Sometimes I'll close my eyes so I can smell more, feel more Mm -hmm. like the wind on my skin. And that is a very, very similar feeling. I'm not sure if you would say that they're kind of different. No, no. That that can be extremely rewarding. And to be able to see the subtle differences in all these experiences is useful, but not in a comparing way. Because when we get good at, at tapping into these different sensations, and whether you call it contentment or being fully present, you know, might be a good definition of like when you're just truly uh, absorbing and soaking into all five of those senses like you just explained. But those are just kind of like different avenues to get to a very similar feeling, which, again, is that contentment, is that unconditional love, is that being fully present. You know, it can be all of those. Uh, I'm not interested in just pegging one particular word for it because it is more about the experience than the definition of the experience. And normally you don't have to describe these types of experiences to anyone that's had them. Very few words need to to happen. But how we got there is worth sharing. And that's kind of what this episode is, is about today. And I feel like it might benefit some to hear us tap into gratitude right now, maybe. I was just thinking that I can just pause and, and think about like my parents. They weren't the best parents. But I know that they did the best they could and they loved me the way that they knew how to. And through doing this with you, Alexander, I've experienced and heard so many stories of people who just had so much trauma from their childhood. And I am so grateful that that, you know, the amount that I had is nowhere near what it could have been or what other people have experienced. But even that I can understand and appreciate and see people for their experiences and not 
be somebody who just because I didn't have them, I can't understand and, and have compassion for that. Or even when I go into judging over like how somebody is reacting in a store to their child or, or how they're reacting to their mate, I kind of observe their behavior and I try to bring in gratitude within myself to say, man, I'm, I'm so glad that I don't need to be learning that lesson right now or that I've learned that lesson and that I'm grateful that I don't have to be living in that energy right now. Mm-hmm. And, and we can even project that to the child without getting involved in it physically to help give some support there. Because when we're in that gratitude and in that appreciation, it is useful to realize that you can send that out. And that was such a beautiful display of gratitude and, you know, and seeing that whatever our obstacles are, once again, somebody else is dealing with much more challenging in that area more than likely. And that's good to remember. But like with me, where I would say that I'm unbelievably grateful right now is for the work that I get to do. And I've put 25 years into developing this work and I've been doing it professionally for 15, but I know that there's so many people that want to be of service to people and they're struggling to find a way to do that. And part of my gratitude practice is realizing that I can't help everyone and that the better that I accept when my ways, my methods doesn't tap into someone, then the more effective I feel like that helps me to be with the people that do receive in what I'm, I'm sharing. So see, part of that gratitude is in the acceptance that we're all here kind of at different points and they don't have to be levels of better or worse, but just at different intersections of life. And that the less that we judge everyone else, wherever they're at in their intersection, so to say, the the more fulfilling that we can be in our connection with people and the way that we're choosing to connect at this time. So I want to thank everyone presently that's listening to this podcast and know that there has been a lot of beautiful intention put into this work and we don't expect it to resonate with everyone. It's always about the optimal time, the optimal place, the optimal person, and the optimal duration of anything being shared. It's a really good sharing once again. That's good that you just brought that in, like divine timing. I feel like that can also play a role in our gratitude, like gratitude for what we have at this moment and not needing or or wanting anything outside of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think another important part connected to that is that when you're trying to help somebody and if somebody is down, it may be more useful rather than going and telling them, hey, you should be grateful that you're not dealing with something worse. That's not meeting somebody where they're at. Attempt to say something like for you to share something of yourself, to be the example and to be like, man, this is a challenging situ- situation and and I've been in something similar and then I had a client that went through this and it helped me to see my situation more in perspective. See, sometimes sharing a story will be much more effective in helping somebody than telling someone what they should do. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I've, I've adopted that recently and been trying that out because it's like a non-offensive way. And you give them the opportunity to reflect on your story. And then you see 
how responsive they are back to you, whether they want to get into it or whether they're able to reflect on their own situation through your story and maybe want to talk more or it just needs to process for them. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we all do learn at different paces and we all need different um, situations to help us to move through that. So this is why, you know, I still stand so firm in the non-judgment. And as you brought up earlier, anytime judgment comes in, a good extinguisher of that is gratitude to find something to be grateful for rather than projecting judgment towards someone else and being grateful that you're not having to go through that lesson at that particular time is one of the best defaults that I've come across, yeah. And I feel like you can also maybe learn from it so that if you did need to go through that lesson, it wouldn't be as hard of a lesson or, or the way the universe would present it to you wouldn't be as hard. I think we've talked about that, like not needing to touch the hot stove because you understand already what that means. Yes, yes. I like to say it in a way of 95% of the information is enough for me. I don't need to go through such as the, the stove analogy. I don't need to go through the physical sensation of the pain of touching that stove uh, when I understand what heat can do to the physical body. And that 95% is, is enough. And there's some lessons that we, we have to go through the experience. And in this lifetime for me, that lesson has been death. Death has happened to me very much for my age. And of course, once again, there's plenty of people that's gone through more death at my age. But that's been my one of my greatest teachers. And again, that's what helped me to develop and see the laws of polarity on this plane and working with acceptance of when something as challenging comes into my life or in someone else's life to work with not judging it and to work toward accepting it as soon as possible so that you can then work with redirecting it. And here we bring in the three R's to recognize the person, the situation, or the event, to show it respect by not emotionally reacting, and then learning to redirect that energy in a way that is building something rather than tearing something down. And of course, every time we take a step forward, there are new challenges. So as I've made this kind of leap forward, understanding what this philosophy brings, everything you've been talking about has been to empty and so that we can stay as grounded as possible and tap into this energy and live in this energy. And when we do, I think we're less likely to react because your level of reaction can be dependent on your level of stress or, or how far away you are from the, the contentment line. Yes, yes. So this is where we want to bring in that many people have the view, especially from a spiritual view, that there's no judgment in that description, but that this enlightenment, this level of unconditional love, all these things that we're talking about is through expansion. And it's important to realize that we see it as that it's beautiful to expand and maybe get insights, maybe get so-called downloads that people say. But it's very important that you're able to bring that energy in and pull it all down through all of the energy centers or chakras and ground and root that information. And that's where we're proposing that contentment resides is in that grounding energy. And when you're grounded, yes, you're less susceptible to 
surprises, to people's emotional reactions. But when you're in the upper chakras and in expansion, you can get knocked off kilter very, very easily by an emotional response or emotional reaction from someone uh, just in your environment. So this is why the grounding exercises are so important. And there's, there's tons of them out there. And some simple ones now that the weather's changing here on the East Coast is getting outside and getting your feet and your hands on the ground, in the dirt. Lots of people will be gardening coming up. So just remembering that the grounding is as important, if not more important, than the expansion. And lots of people that are on a so-called spiritual path they're not focusing many times enough on the beauty of grounding and being truly present and being in that contentment and holding that vibration. That's what we're talking about. Holding is that that unconditional love, that contentment, that peacefulness is deeply rooted in the grounding and the root chakras. When you say expansion, my mind goes to like knowledge, like trying to hear other concepts or things about the world or even like reading a lot of books. And it can even be like on the human design, destiny cards, like being very information heavy. Would you say that's what you're talking about? Yeah, well, that's part of it. But even another part is just the way that a lot of people have been taught that even something as simple as meditation. Some people are taught that in meditation, that's where the expansion happens. And that's where you get these downloads or connect into these higher entities, whatever that is. And that is certainly attainable. And it can have dramatic experiences, both so-called positive and so-called negative. But where a lot of confusion comes in for people is if they are gifted to tap into those higher energies, and this is outside of intellect, but in a more um, spiritual or energetic concept, then what you do with the information is so important. So I want to show that it's both on the intellectual side, and we are a intellectually stimulated culture. So that's why resting the mind can be extremely useful even more useful than putting information in it. And the same thing with the spiritual and energetic expansion, that you still want to be able to come back and pull that energy down and be in your everyday life very, very grounded. And anyone that's having troubles grounding to maybe consider backing off of the expansion, whether that is in the intellect or that's in the spiritual and energy levels, because... It's so much safer and productive when you get your grounding down truly. And and that's what, from my view of viewing you through these five years, that consciously and subconsciously, you've been working on grounding. Three fives, again, from the human design, can be very distracted by things and they can be very excitable to go in different directions. And so sometimes that can get in the way of staying consistent enough to develop things. And again, we've been in this podcast now for over five years and it's been another consistent through your life and seeing those changes and hearing you talk about understanding these concepts at deeper and deeper levels is, is part of my so-called joy or contentment because I'm not seeking that. But when it comes around and you share these stories like you shared this story a few weeks ago with me, 
And, you know, it lit me up. It brought tears to my eyes because these are the type of things that you can't just teach someone. We can discuss it and we can say this is available. And then when you have the discipline and the structure, whatever that is, to have the experience, then there's a much deeper communication level that happens. Yeah, and I would even say since tapping into this energy and being able to go to gratitude a lot over the past month, the amount of stress that I've had is just <laughs> very, very limited. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's a, an amazing experience for me because I've always been so heavy shouldered, you know, carrying that load of weekly stress on my shoulders and having a lot of shoulder and back issues that need like massage to move the energy through. So it has been a different experience for that. But the thing is, like now that I'm here, <laughs> I like I want to share it with other people. I want other people to have this experience. Mm-hmm. And part of my three questions, what I'm about is like creating experiences for people. So when I feel something so different from a normal life experience, I want to share that with people. I want to share that through all five senses to take people out of that mundane and show them that there's something here. There's something so different from what we're living on a daily basis, you know? So anyway, that's the challenge is like trying to get people there and trying (laughs) to get people to be grounded with you and share this experience. It's not easy. And I guess I'm expecting people to somehow know how to get there or like I can somehow verbally communicate them down, you know, I don't know. It's funny. Yeah. And I think that this is where the third question, and I do want to repeat these questions is who are you? What are you passionate about? And how do you exemplify it? And this gets into the, the third question of how do you exemplify? And that when you realize that you have this yearning to share something with someone, that this is a five level issue, the physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and spiritual And it's very challenging, like you say, to get someone to talk with you on all five of those levels. So this is why the example is more important than the teacher. Everything, especially a lot of things we talk about on this podcast, can't be experienced just logically. So learning that the more that you exemplify and hold this vibration around the people you care about – the more likely they are to have an experience and then understand you on a deeper level. So it becomes more of shifting that yearning to really teach because that's the way we feel like we get things across to people. But to let up on that and just be the example, and when you start having people asking you, hey, man, what, what are you doing? You seem different in, in like a, a good way. But, you know, what are you practicing? What are you doing? Then that, see, the door opens, and that's when you are probably going to be more successful at conveying that than trying to just bring it up at some social gathering and just be like, hey, let's just go into all of our senses and get to this place that I know is beautiful. So anytime we want to share something, the more we want to share it, I feel like the more that that shows you, you need to practice it. And then the beautiful thing is, is that when you get to a certain point, you just see that it's about your exemplification and those around you will either get it or they won't. And it's not responsibility. Therefore, that yearning to share it becomes part of the discipline and the structure. 
to make sure that you're doing what it takes every single day to stay in that vibration. And the more you do that, the more people that you will affect around you. So I wanted to go back to the initial question posed by that listener. They shared that when they're asked, are they happy? They didn't really have an answer. Mm-hmm. And they kind of reflected and, and then were kind of perplexed that they weren't feeling happy, even though they're doing this process. And we know this person and we know that they are focused on the bountiful of life. Mm-hmm. But, but and again, I can definitely resonate with the perspective or their experience that they're having because I feel the same way when somebody asks mm-hmm. me, I just don't have an answer. But it's just, I think, maybe a conscious tapping into that we need to do. Maybe it's just not always available. But would you say that it's always available for you if somebody asked you that? Yes. And and one thing that I want to bring in with that is that this is why discipline and structure is such a big part of this work. That if you want to practice this more and be more of the example, then you set a discipline and a structure throughout your day. And again, this isn't a masculine energy because you can adjust the the structure anytime that you want to. But the key is being able to have discipline to stay in that structure and be living a life of intention and setting an intention each day to check in to say, how do I feel today? Now, see, you and I are different from the aspect of the emotional center, right? You have it non-activated in the human design and mine is activated. So see, I do a check-in most every morning before I engage with anybody to have a sense of how I am truly feeling that day because I do want to be prepared that if someone asks me, I have a conscious and clear way to answer that no matter what my answer is. And then another part of that structure and discipline is to check in like maybe halfway through your day and see if that has shifted. See, if you get used to this type of structure, you can make adjustments much sooner. A lot of people let things go on happening over and over day after day, and they don't realize how far off course they're getting. So again, I think that this person getting asked that question, it was a check-in. And maybe the check-in was, hey, be intentional with where you're at and be prepared to explain that in a way that doesn't bring anyone down because, again, you're being given the opportunity to be an example. But in order to keep that consistent, that is like an everyday check-in thing. That's why some people set up, whether it's meditation practice every day or even working out every day, lots of disciplined people utilize structure to get the goals that they're setting no matter what level of the field that that's working in. And this is what's being suggested here is that you can check in to see how you're feeling. And then the next practice is to work towards the contentment in whatever that feeling is, trusting that it will move through whether you have the emotions activated or not. But it is a little bit of a different operation because people with non-activated emotions are more affected typically by other people's emotions. So see, that's why it's important for them to check in in the morning and go, no, I feel balanced. I feel pretty non-emotional and that feels good. So I'm content today. So somebody says, are you happy? You say, well, I'm happy in my contentment. And that may be a good enough answer for them. Or they may inquire and say, what do you mean by that? Then you may take it further and say, well, I simply chose a while back to stop chasing happiness 
and to reside in contentment, and I find much more peace in that world rather than the duality world of chasing happiness and having to go through challenges that take me into sadness and anger because you can't know love unless you've experienced hatred. That's that's the, the polarity of this world. And there's so many people that's trying to just want to experience love. And, you know, I just happen to feel that that's not what this plane is about. It is about choosing polarity over duality. And that's why this is our second pillar of the, the just philosophy and that polarity is everywhere on this plane. Therefore, working with acceptance can help you to not be in resistance to where duality is you think that one can overcome the other. And you got to understand that whatever side of the so-called war you're on, the people on the other side think that they're just as justified as you are. So who's winning in any war? But that is when you're drawing the view to just want this to be a planet of love. And there are people that feel that that's going to happen, you know, at some point in time. And there's no judgment with that. I've just found that in my time here, working with acceptance and polarity has helped me to be in that level of peacefulness and contentment. And then my life has grown bountiful from that. And so that's what we're kind of sharing. And I think more the path that you've been on for quite a while now, and you're getting similar results. And that's what today's sharing is about. Yeah. Very well said. I think that's the perfect way to end this one. I think we, we gave a little bit more of information for those who are seeking contentment or maybe even seeking happiness, but now realize that maybe contentment is more of the way to go, mm-hmm. less cost. Yeah, maybe. Thank you guys for listening and uh, allowing us to share our gratitude sessions. And uh, hopefully this helps you on your uh, journey towards contentment. Yeah, much love, everyone. All right, stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness.
appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is w-i-s-e-w-h-y-s dot com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment it's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.